It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. This is another program entitled Estate Planning Essentials, tirelessly committed to protecting your family, your assets, and you. And I'm essentially virtually sitting with Dallas elder law attorney, Michael V. Cohen. Hello, Michael. Well, you know my middle initial is B, so I'm curious this time to know what the V stands for. Okay, well, the V could be lots of things, but it's three Vs, not just one. How about that? So, okay. Stuart Varney says that the vaccine um, is going to be finally mitigated or ameliorated soon, if either one of those words apply. Um, and um, uh, so, Varney vaccine or Varney virus vaccine, all three V's. And um, thank God for that because you and I have been sitting here virtually, capital V, ah. for like nine months now. Um, and pulling it off, I know that, in uh, the new normal. But it has been frustrating, and uh, everyone's suffering, and we're just hoping and praying that uh, this is going to be the beginning of the end. I hope so, too. I know this is everybody's getting kind of, um, unfortunately, there's so many different ways that people get affected, and uh, we certainly the health and safety of everybody is most important. Uh, and I wish, hopefully, uh, that first of all, everybody has a happy Thanksgiving um, yeah. Uh, to all, and uh, I guess this year we have to be especially safe, uh, given the circumstances based upon what the CDC is saying. Truly true. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but I, I'm also hopeful, too. Yeah. Yeah, we all are. And another V word, I didn't mean to go this long with it, but we need to be more vigilant. And this is what you and I tell our employees all of the time, and we're also admonishing our audience to be the same. You just can't be too careful and too safe. Um, and that's why Michael and I do these programs virtually, and um, this is uh, this program is no different. Today, it's going to be different in the sense that we're going to address one particular topic that applies to a lot of people, Michael, you told me to be before the show, and that is IRAs, distributions, and the planning thereof now that we have a new administration and we're going into 2021. Well, I, you know, I thought that, you know, the largest asset that most people have is either their home or a retirement account. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, first of all, we might go over some basic stuff, uh, rules, and then also what some people do for planning, uh, especially when it comes towards the end of the year. Uh, a lot of times uh, people uh, want to do different things and see if there's any type of planning that somebody may or may not consider. So first of all, of course, with the retirement account, the whole idea is that Congress wanted us to save for retirement. They saw that people were not saving enough for retirement, so they gave us this incentive to put money into this account. You know, there's all sorts of different types of retirement accounts, but I'm, I'm going to say IRAs just for simplification, but there are 401Ks and 
you know, 457s and 403Bs, depending on, you know, like what type, you know, where you work, if it's the government or if you're a teacher or if you're, you know, have a company that has a 401k, there's all sorts of different things. But so for simplicity's sake, I'm going to talk about IRAs, traditional IRAs, uh, although there are different types of IRAs, like Roth IRAs, and maybe we'll talk about all that different things. But uh, the an IRA, the whole idea was to save for retirement, and then when you take out, and then there gets to be the question is when do you take out, uh, then you get taxed at that time. So there's tax-deferred growth, but when you do take out, you get income tax. A lot of people you'll see say, oh, gee, what do you mean I get income tax? Well, you right. have this tax-deferred growth for a long, long, long period of time. Hopefully, if you start young, the, the better it is generally. Uh, now, when can you take out? Well, I guess it's going to. This varies a little bit this year because with the pandemic, uh, even if you are younger than the age where there's no penalty. So let me kind of tell you about the couple of excise taxes in just a second. Uh, first of all, you could, the general rule is that you could take out once you reach age 59 and a half. Mm-hmm. You could take out without penalty, without penalty. Of course, you still get income tax when you take out, but it's without penalty. And by the way, if you don't take it out when you're supposed to, and when I say when you're supposed to, if you're turned 70 and a half before, um, by the end of last year, 2019, then uh, then you start taking distributions that year after you reach 70 and a half, uh, for those who were not 70 and a half before January 1st of this year, uh, they don't have to make distributions until they're 72. Okay. Now, what is the typical penalty? Oh well, if you're before, if it's before 59 and a half, it's a 10 percent penalty. Well, wow. if if you don't take it when you're 70 and a half or the year year after you're 70 and a half or 72, mm-hmm. then if you don't take it when you're supposed to, it's a 50% excise Good tax. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So so there's a big, 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 big difference. And so you got to be careful and make sure to do the right thing. Now, this year, this year, because so many people either lost jobs or got COVID uh, or maybe their company shut down or they couldn't work, you can make it, uh, you can draw up to $100,000 uh, from your, uh, uh, even if you're not 59 and a half without penalty mm-hmm. for this year. However, however, you get income taxed, but you could take it out over, like you could spread it out over a few years, but still you get taxed, but you may, may, you know, if somebody has a lot of credit card bills or debts or whatever, they may need to take it out. And the good news is they're not having that 10% penalty right. that you would otherwise have. So, and you could do it over a few years. Uh, the uh, And, of course, right here, speaking of this year, uh, you don't even have to make a withdrawal on your IRA uh, because of the pandemic. Um, so, you don't even, this year, you don't have to do it. Uh, now, a lot of people might want to do it for whatever reason. Uh, maybe they have uh, for tax reasons, maybe they want to do uh, make a distribution. Uh, they say, oh, this is a year to do it because of whatever, or they have low taxes or or something that, like that. Of course, you should talk to your accountant about that, but uh, some people may want to do it and other people may not want to do it. Uh, 
For example, uh, if you, you know, with the SECURE Act that we talked about on prior shows this year, which is the law where you no longer, the kids can no longer stretch it out the IRA upon over their life expectancy unless they're disabled or chronically ill or a minor. Um, you know, and I guess I should probably explain that a little bit too. The It used to be um, before this year that if somebody inherited an IRA, typically a child, if you have a spouse, you do what's called a spousal rollover and just take the money over over that person's, um, they look at your age and stuff like that to determine how much you take out. But the, and that hasn't changed, but for the children, they had the option to stretch out an IRA over their life expectancy. So if you had a, uh, let's say a 30-year, the child had a 30-year life expectancy and there was $300,000 and it didn't grow, that would be roughly $10,000 a year that they'd be income taxed. But with the change in the law, now you have to take it out within 10 years following the year of death. So the government's basically saying that you have, you, we, want, we want you to save for retirement, but we don't want to make your kids well-to-do. We want our tax dollars quicker. So that was uh, became effective at the beginning of this year. So now, so it could be that you want to have, uh, if you have your child's, instead of it going to your child directly, if you had it go into a trust, uh, then the trust tax rate could be a higher tax rate. So it may be that you want to take the um, income, the IRA income now, because if you want it to go to a trust for your children, then it could be that the trust tax rate may be higher than the individual tax rate for the child because the trust tax rate on income that exceeds $12,950 for an irrevocable trust uh, is uh, 37% on the excess. Hmm. So if your tax rate is lower, so now we all of a sudden we have to start looking at people's individual tax rates, what the growth would be, and that the fact that the tax dollars um, might be paid, there might be more tax dollars paid, so it gets into now some different calculations that you would not have otherwise perhaps uh, thought about before, uh, especially if you have a trust as the beneficiary of, a lot of times we put special language in trust so that you could, it used to be before this year, you could stretch out the IRA even if it went to a trust, and why would you have it go to a trust? Uh, because you're concerned about, let's say, child has a uh, has you were concerned that things stay in the family? You're concerned that your son might give everything to his wife, and you want to go to your grandchildren, or it could be that uh, you're, you know, either you're either concerned about your son's marriage, or you're concerned that the daughter-in-law, in this example, might remarry, and the assets would go to some family you don't know. Hmm. So a lot of times, people had the beneficiary uh, after their spouse might be a trust, yet where you can. Prior, prior to this year, that you could stretch out over life expectancy uh, for protection reasons, whereas now you have to make a decision. Uh, is it more important to have protection, or is it more important to pay less taxes? Mm-hmm. So you have to do the calculations. So now that gets into some of these issues. I'm sorry to make it kind of complicated, mm-hmm. but uh, so th- what I said it th- just a minute ago was we have to look at the individual situation to determine 
what's more important to you? And does this change in the law make a difference to you? Would do we want to take out that IRA now or sooner? Because we want, if it was going to go to a trust for the children, maybe we want to be taxed or maybe we want to do a Roth, convert the IRA to a Roth, because we are concerned that the tax rates may go up uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm sorry to get a little bit complicated. No, this that. is complicated stuff. You, you need to get uh, deep and complicated because the audience has to understand that. Yeah, well, I mean, and so everybody's situation is different, and so uh, we have to kind of look at the individual situations. A lot of people are not even aware that you could have trust as beneficiaries of IRAs. You have to have some language there. You have to, under the Internal Revenue Code, there are certain things that you have to do. You have to give a copy to the finance, you know, whoever holds the trust, and you have to identify the person, et cetera. There's a few different things that you have to do. And if you do those things, you could be treated just like you are individually. However, uh, the you got to remember now with the trust, if you have to take out that money within uh, 11 years, 10 years following the year of death, that means there's going to be income that's going to be greater over that 11 years since you don't have that life expectancy that you could hmm. uh, take advantage of. And so that means there's higher income. And if the trust tax rate is higher than the child's, individual tax rate, then you have to consider, uh, is it more important, again, for protection? Uh, a lot of times people want to protect their children from creditors or bad marriages or being addiction issues or if they're a spendthrift, uh, you know, or if their spouse might remarry and things like that. You could even have a trust for your spouse as well. Of course, with a spouse, you typically have a spousal rollover, mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of times, too, also, if the estate tax limit goes down, then you have to also consider some of those issues when the IRA is part of the uh, estate to see if it's over the limit. And so that gets into, we'll, we'll figure out what happens. We'll see what happens in the next year uh, uh, if that law gets changed. And, of course, as we've talked about last week, uh, it may depend upon who gets elected in Georgia in the Senate races to see right. the likelihood of success on some of those things. Yeah, a lot to be discussed a lot to think about and you've already given us many layers of how the IRA, IRAs um, need to be addressed and considered. Um, I had no idea until you said in the program 10 minutes ago that it is probably your second largest asset after your home. I, I, that blows me away. Um, but that means there are a lot of people who have a lot of money invested in an IRA, hence the program um, that you're presenting to the audience. Um, because of that, um, and because of what Michael just said, you realize now how complicated this issue is. Um, you'll have more questions, certainly, by the end of this program. And the best way to get them answered is to attend Michael's next virtual online via Zoom workshop, which is Tuesday, December the 1st at 1 p.m. And, again, that's done online in the comforts of your own home, just looking at your laptop, your your iPad, um, whatever you want to look at, your cell phone, and you can just watch the workshop via Zoom, audio, um, in person where you can be seen with his video, uh, however you see fit, and then you can realize Michael's expertise. And also you get to ask a question about your individual circumstances. Can you elaborate on that, Michael? Yeah, we always ask everybody what you want to know. 
and it's not just limited to one question. Mm-hmm. We ask throughout the workshop, what do you want to know? Or if you have a follow-up question, so people we say, what do you want to know? And then mm-hmm. we answer those questions throughout the workshop. Uh, sometimes there's people just want to be verbally told uh, or said something so we can, everybody could hear, and other people want to do it by chat. We give, by the way, you know, sometimes even though this world has changed, now Zoom is becoming a household name. But for those who do not have Zoom, we tell them, we give you step-by-step what to do. It's very, very, very simple. Uh, but we have somebody that's dedicated to help out, even even though it is simple, well, to make sure that you uh, are now able to, to do what seems like the world is doing nowadays. I know it's hard to go into technology and stuff like this, but uh, things like that. But basically, it's just click. all you'll be doing is clicking on a little link. And voila, you'll yeah. be seeing me or hearing me if you would, don't want to see me. Well, certainly my wife doesn't want to see me a lot of times, but <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> the, uh, the, or you, you know, or you could do it by phone. It's just, it's very, very, we make it so, it's so simple now. Yeah. Uh, we've had to adjust, of course, uh, uh, with the times and, you know, we're doing things virtually. We hope that, like you said, with uh, Moderna and Pfizer with these new vaccines that will be distributed very, very soon, uh, and things will get back to normal. But until that time, uh, we're doing things virtually because we want people to stay safe. As we know, with Thanksgiving and then Christmas upon us, uh, unfortunately, um, it looks like things are getting worse instead of better at this time. But we uh, certainly want so we certainly want people to be safe, and this is a way to do it. For sure. Well, that, we think we've yeah. reached the apex, and yeah. um, hopefully those vaccines are imminent. And then tell them what happens after the workshop. Yeah, so after you go to the free estate planning essentials workshop, which is two hours, um, the next one is on December 1st, which is a Tuesday at 1 o'clock. Uh, and all you have to do to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop to answer any questions that you may have, doesn't have to be about IRAs. In fact, most people don't ask about IRAs. They'll be. It could be about anything about state planning. It could be about wills or trusts or powers of attorney, or it could be about Medicaid or veterans benefits. We just had uh, Veterans Day on November 11th, uh, a couple weeks ago, and and uh, here we are. And we want to salute our veterans. We certainly appreciate all the service that they've given to our country. But in any yeah. event, it could be about veterans benefits. It could be about Medicaid benefits, so usually that helps pay for care if somebody's either at home or in a nursing home because most people don't have long-term care insurance. So a lot of times there's people are concerned about their home being taken and things like that, and they ask questions uh, regarding that. But it could be about anything regarding estate planning. Wills, it could be about tax laws, about uh, – we've kind of talked about a little bit today on just IRAs. You can see how complicated it could get. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, all you have to do to go to that free estate planning uh, workshop, and then if you do go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, you do get a free one-hour vision meeting. We call it a vision meeting, whereby all you we see we can look at your individual circumstances in more detail, uh, look at whatever estate planning documents, or see what your questions are, uh, and and answer them without any obligation. Um, this is just a free educational. Uh, type of situation, and you and I think you're going to learn something and have some fun along the way. Uh, uh, to do that, all you have to do is uh, call us at 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, 
888-888-0102, or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com, and you get basically three free hours of legal education to ask whatever questions you want without any obligation. Very good. Um, sometime in your life, you had to say to yourself, I don't want to do this Internet thing, but then you realized you had no choice. And the majority also said, well, I'm not going to engage that deeply. And then you realized that you had to and joined up with Facebook in order to stay in touch with family and friends and see what's going on out there in the social media world. And it's paid off for a lot of people so that because they can be connected that way. Well, this is the same thing with Zoom. I almost think, as Michael was talking, that Zoom is kind of analogous to Facebook. It's just, it's so simple. It's all about clicking. You don't have to type. You don't have to think. You just go click, click, and you can attend his workshop that way. So plan on that. Um, you, you brought up two more V words. This must be the V program, virus, vaccine, virtual, Veterans Day, vision meeting. I mean, we got a lot of Vs today, which is great. But the topic is IRAs, which doesn't have a V in it or start with V. But in the next five minutes or so, Michael, what else can you tell us about the IRAs going into 21? Yeah, I, I want to, before I even do that, I just also want to say that, you know, some of these conversations about Zoom that, you know, we're talking with people with loved ones that say are in a facility, and we're talking mm-hmm. about how can we communicate yeah. uh, with them? Can we get somebody at the facility to do Zoom for our that person who's in the facility? Because they're Very nice, especially if some dementia or things like that. We want to keep can't get into the facility, so we're talking about uses of different types of things like this, whether it be FaceTime on a phone or or Zoom, somehow to communicate, communicate because we need to keep in touch because the socialization is so important. Brilliant. Well, anyway, great thinking. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, getting back to, you know, so usually when there's just as far, there's a couple things that I, th- I think that we need to also say, and that is the beneficiary designations and then also on distributions. On beneficiary designations, you have to be careful because a lot of people presume that their wills uh, dictate how things go. But if you have an IRA, your beneficiary designation trumps. So, uh, for example, and if you don't have it, then it may go by state law. So let me give you an example. Second marriage, husband dies. He does not name a beneficiary. Husband has children from a prior marriage. That the will says everything goes to the children, with the exception of the home or something where there's a uh, a split. The uh, the IRA did. Uh, I represent wife. The, we talked to the IRA company. They said, "How would you like it to go?" We said, "Well, under Texas law, since there's no one named, it should all go to wife." Mm. And that's the way it goes. So if you don't have that, if he would wanted his will said everything goes to the children, but because he didn't plan or did not keep his beneficiary designation, we just go by the state law. So who do you want to make a decision? Do you want to make a decision? Right. Or do you want it to go by somebody else's decision? That's simple. That's not necessarily an attorney-type situation, although it is important to talk to attorneys on part of your planning or your financial advisor because you may want it, like we were talking about earlier, you may want to go to a trust because you have issues with that uh, no good son-in-law or daughter-in-law and you want things to go to a grandchild or perhaps there could be that a beneficiary is a spendthrift or uh, has an addiction issue or you know something along those lines so mm-hmm. uh, so it is important to go into that beneficiary designation if and also if you, if you might say a state then it could be 
that there's a higher taxation because it could be that you have to uh, pay uh, within five years, whereas if mm. you named an individual, you could stretch it over a longer time, especially like with a spouse where you could stretch it over their life expectancy. So it really does get into some uh, complications, and and uh, so you do have to be careful on – and by the way, most people are not aware of the executor uh, might be able to make changes to the beneficiary designation up to September 30th of the year following the year of death. So oh. even after somebody dies, there could be some changes. So again, mm-hmm. this gets into some of these planning issues, so it might make a difference on taxes that mm-hmm. most people are not aware of. Right. Now, so th- that is important. Beneficiaries, especially when the IRAs or the or whatever your retirement account or your one of your larger assets, this becomes uh, the more paramount that the planning be considered what the effects might be by that beneficiary designation, and to make sure that things go the way you want under your terms and conditions. Exactly. Uh, it, by the way, on distributions, normally if you're either 70 and a half or 72 now, they they basic they have like this chart on how you how much you have to take out each year, and it's a little bit greater each year. So, uh, let's say you were 70 and a half, then it may be you take you, they look at a joint life expectancy if you're married, uh, for example, and it's like over 27 years. So you take 27 into the uh, amount of the IRA, and that's how much you have to take out, three to four percent. Uh, now there is one exception, by the way, and that is if the if you're married and your spouse is more than ten years younger than you, there's even a special chart we could take it out over a longer period of time. I, I wow. joke I joke about this because a lot of times, you know, here we talk about these different tax issues uh, that get kind of complicated. Uh, a lot of times you might let's say you had a a, a wife who's 85 and the husband is 95. Hmm. And I, I start going to these tax issues, which are already difficult as it is. And I may tell about all the different tax issues, but I said, well, guess what? You're going to be able to take distributions over a longer, to- longer period of time because you're 10 years younger. You are the trophy wife. They may not work. <laughs> yeah, they may not work, remember a word that they say, but the 85-year-old wife is going to remember that she's a trophy wife. Exactly. Very, very good. Uh, Michael, we've got about a minute left. Um, I love the fact that you're going to be able to include the 85 and 95-year-old individuals if they're in an assisted living community, retirement community, et cetera, et cetera. That's brilliant when being able to attend the virtual workshops via Zoom. Great thinking. Um, Final thoughts and words on IRA distributions and planning? Well, I think the final word is that, oh, well, this year, like I said, you know, in prior years, if it weren't this year and other years, if you were making a charitable contribution at the end of the year, Mm -hmm. a lot of times uh, you could make a distribution directly from your IRA to the charity and not pay income taxes. If you had to make a, so this year it becomes less important because uh, you don't have to make a distribution out of your IRA. But if you were going to make a distribution and you wanted to give to charity instead of taking the money and giving it directly to yourself and then making an income tax on the distribution, uh, if it went direct, if you direct it to go directly to the charity, you will not have to pay income tax. This year you get, uh, by the way, on charitable contributions. Uh, this year there's been an exception. Uh, you could, if uh, to the extent that uh, you're, you, you could have a charitable contribution. You know, last previously, you couldn't get the charitable contributions the last few years that you had before, but you could take up to uh, 60% of your adjusted uh, gross income before itemized deductions this year's. Perfect. Uh, so, so that's a uh, so that's a something for this year. So that's end of the year charitable planning there. So I think that that probably should be our conclusion. 
good, good way to culminate. Uh, you should attend Michael's next workshop if you need continuous education on this topic. Uh, who better than Michael? I know, and you can tell he's not reading when we do these programs. This is all in his head and just another demonstration of his exceptional intelligence. To attend the next workshop, which is Tuesday, December the 1st at 1 o'clock. Dial 214-720-0102. Call 214-720-0102. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com. DallasElderLawyer.com. Or just Google Michael Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, Dallas Attorney, and you'll find his website that way. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen. Thank you, sir. Thank you, and happy Thanksgiving. A leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214 214- 720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770-KAAM for six years, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today 214-720-0102.